3: All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ five sixty. Myself, Ken Rackley. Of course, Kurt went ahead and left. He's got things to do. Kurt Rogers, Affordable Interest Mortgage, and I can't say enough about Kurt. If you guys ever need anything mortgage wise, even just questions on, hey, what do I do? Here's you know, here's my questions. Here's the options and so on. By all means, please give Kurt a call. He'd love to help you out. He, you know, close personal friend and not only my mortgage broker, but just a great guy. He loves to help people. And if you've ever got a question at all, just call him and. He'll help you out. And even those, those of you that are up in the Wyoming area or Arizona, he's licensed in those two states as well. So even if you're in Arizona or Wyoming, he'd love to help you out. And, again, affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Russ, you're next.
4: Hey, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, man? Oh, not bad. Good. The weather's still good, so we'll live with that for a while. Good. Um, I have a couple of questions. Sure. Go ahead. Um, one on my uh, – I have a express van. Okay. Having issues with the AC on it. Um, I went to go use it; it wouldn't turn on. Um, used my scan tool to see if it, the truck was actually turning on. As far as the scan tool is concerned, it's turning on. Um, I checked the pressure; pressure's fine. Um, took the uh, the low pressure switch, unplugged it, jumped the two terminals. Still doesn't kick on. Um, I spun the compressor, the compressor turns by hand. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out where to go from there. Do do the clutches go bad on those?
5: Yeah, they sure can. Yeah, so you need to test to see if you're getting power and ground at that connector, because it's a two-wire connector, right?
4: Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
5: so just take your voltmeter and go across that, see if you're getting 12 volts. If you are and it's not coming on, then, yep, there you go. That's the clutch. Those Typically don't fail that way, but it's not like we haven't seen that.
4: So, Yeah, yeah that's what I was kind of, usually it's the compressor, the grenades.
5: Well, and it's just, yeah, the, yeah, right, either mm-hmm. that or um, the low-pressure switches, and you've tested that, so <laughs> those you've done all the testing, you know, up to that point. You or, did the easy uh, stuff. Yeah,
4: right, yeah, especially okay. on an express. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to change out that AC compressor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, don't blame you. it's an all-wheel drive, so it's, uh, it's going to be ugly. Oh, yeah, yeah.
5: Just adds more fun, um, more adventure.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure I was kind of going down the right path. Yeah. You are. I didn't want to miss anything else easy before uh, I actually had to tear stuff out.
3: No, nope, you're on the right
4: track. Yeah,
5: I mean, getting that. Okay. There's a, is there a high-pressure switch on that, too, or did you look yeah, at the whole circuit? Yeah, it's a
4: three-prong. Or? Okay. It's a three-prong. But, like I said, the as far as the scan tool says, it, the truck thinks it's running.
5: Well, yeah, but those switches will shut them off. Um, the switch will shut them off after the com- after the command. So if it senses high pressure, it'll shut it off bef- after, you know, it'll still be sensing the command from the computer, but it'll shut the compressor off. So okay. it might be worth seeing if you can get in and test that high pressure s- sensor also.
4: Okay. How do I test that? Uh, that I don't know right offhand. I'd have to okay. look at the diagram. And okay, because I think yeah. the high pressure one, you actually have to evacuate the system to even take the, the switch out.
5: Probably so. would. Yeah, but I want, since it's a three prong, there's probably, probably just have to look test. at look at the diagram yeah. and see if you're getting power to it for sure, and then um, back probe it. Yeah, and then see, and okay. and the high pressure switch on that might only turn the fans on. What year is it? It's an '08. 08. '08. So, the only other thing you could test for, but it's probably going to be easier to test for power down at the compressor than test that switch. So
4: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll go do that. All right. just um, don't want you to do a I compressor
5: have... thinking, uh, You're right. Yeah. When it, it right. doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh,
4: I'd be very upset. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, my neighbor bought a new, uh, baby Duramax. Oh, okay. Half ton pickup. Yeah. And, uh, she would like me to, uh, so she asked if I knew how to, what she should do to the thing um to keep it running good and uh i figured i'd call you guys
3: change oil on it routinely all your filters as well like it recommends outside of that nothing yeah they're pretty i mean they've had some issues with some of the early uh three liter diesels they had a few issues with some things and i mean everything from rear main seal and some different things along those lines I do think by now I haven't heard as many of those issues, Russ. The biggest thing is just service it like you're supposed to and drive it.
4: Yeah. Okay. What about additives in the fuel for the winter? If
3: you do anything at all, do the BG ad. Go to the you know prod dot com website. Look those up. You could do that if you're running good, you know, good, good fuel. It's usually not needed unless we're really cold. Yeah.
4: Okay. And- yeah, I, I've.
3: I was going to say she uh, for,
4: routinely goes up to the mountains. That's the main reason okay. that uh, okay, yeah, I'm concerned with her just running a an additive. Sure,
3: yeah, and they've and they've, they've got better. an
4: equivalent.
3: You know, two things: they've got a regular just you know diesel additive you can run to keep it from gelling and so on. And they've also got like a 44k equivalent to that on the diesel side as well just yeah. they're on their website
5: okay and for the oil okay. changes too they have a, a epr they do an and epr an type MOA. product also yeah good yeah. point yeah okay
6: and
3: yeah they, they yeah, got I'll you covered sure on that, that side just like they do the gas side yeah
5: and all my diesel or okay. all, all my vehicles i run those every oil change every you know i always add the diesel the 244k for the diesels and then the 44k on the gas so yeah
4: okay yeah i started uh doing the the EPR on all my vehicles. Good. Yeah. It, it's amazing how much it's helped, Um, especially my, my, uh, my 5.1, my five liter or the 8.1 in my truck. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, it was kind of being a little doggy and tired and, yeah. and it's, it's, read those rings up again and nice yeah i definitely know the difference from doing on the
3: diesel really quick so they make the 245 which ken just mentioned and then the for her probably do the 237 which is the dfc plus which is better for the extreme weather application the summertime you could just run the the 248 but run the 237 uh in the in the winter time on it is what i would do
5: Okay. And then it, okay. Is a, it is a special EPR and a special MOA for the diesel also. Correct. So it's not the same okay. as the gas. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And they make so it in a So you would run MOA in that?
3: They, they make okay. that oh, in, did a, they? in a, I think it's part number, looks like PD15 is a diesel fuel system performance restoration. So I think it comes in a kit now, in a way. So. Okay. <laughs> and oh, now, cool. I'll just, whether uh, your dealers up there are stocking that or not is what you'll have to double check, Russ. Yeah.
4: Oh, I have absolutely no idea on that. Yeah, right. I just uh, she had the choice between the the diesel and the five uh, three. Better choice um, on I the diesel. That the, well, and I thought the diesel still ran the eight speed, but I guess they've gone up to the ten.
3: They have. They're a ten speed now as well. But but better engine choice in my opinion, especially for what she's doing. Okay.
4: Yeah, yeah. She uh, she had a little pavement queen Mercedes, and she she went off road with it down a two track and wound up doing about twenty five hundred dollars in damage. Oh boy. To it.
5: Yeah. At no. least only twenty five hundred. Yeah, from, <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Well, and she just—it was just from literally rocks getting up into stuff. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. it was just
5: skid plates, and yeah, exactly.
4: It, yeah, it just got in and tore up a, a brake rotor and. Oh, gee. And got into a u joint and mm, boy. It was just crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: she won't have that on the so, on the uh, suburban. You're right.
5: Yeah,
4: shouldn't have that. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's why she bought the, the Silverado. She just. Yeah.
3: She or sorry, Silverado. I, meant, I didn't mean suburban. Silverado. Yeah. Yeah. it's
4: okay. That. I just. Yeah, Same i want deal. to make sure that if anything needed to be done that because nope, as far good. as like the fuel filter and stuff it'll tell her when it's changed yeah it
3: typically does i'd go a little earlier than what yeah. they're saying but other than that you're fine okay and it seems okay. that, i mean i
5: don't know on the newer ones but yeah it seems to be every right. ten, fifteen thousand, something like that right on the
7: fuel okay okay okay
3: awesome. okay all right thanks, Russ, good stuff as always no nope, appreciate you as well thank you uh andy and aurora you're next go ahead andy good
6: morning how are you
3: good how are you okay, sir thanks.
6: Doing well, thank you. Quick question on a 2013 Honda CRV, sixty thousand miles. Is it? What are your thoughts on changing the um, fluid in the transmission? Usually, my understanding is that they drop the pan, clean the filter, and put it in four quarts or whatever the case might be. Is that as good as doing? That's
3: a that's a CVT right? transmission, right? So you need to do a complete flush and fill on that one
5: right it wouldn't be a there's no pan
6: on those typically yeah no you need to do a a flush and
3: fill and you're i wouldn't do it at 60 i'd do that one every 30.
6: okay now that's a constant velocity transmission uh
3: 2013 i believe i gotta look and see i can't remember when they went over to when they went to those full time let me double check does it shift
6: Yes, it does. I'm pretty sure
3: it does. Yeah. You know, okay. What's weird is some of those make it seem like... Right. They, they, Yeah, people weren't having shifting, so they were complaining i got to look up a 20, because I can't remember when they went over to the full bore. Yeah, I can't remember. Because some of those, it, no matter what, they are all CVTs. Uh, I've I got to look on that one. I don't remember on a... I can't remember what year they did the changeover. I'm sorry. I normally would know that off the top of my head, but I don't remember when they went to that one. So if
6: it's a CVT, you recommend...
3: A CVT every 30K.
6: Okay, great. Thank you very
3: much for your You're help. Ver- and, I'll, and I'll try my best during the break to look that up, Andy, and come back and tell you when they went to all CVTs. Yeah. I just I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll look. Yeah. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, You bet, Andy. Thank you. And hang tight. We'll come right back to you. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
8: Gino's Auto Service is promoting a smooth ride with special savings on struts. Your struts play a big part in the handling of your vehicle and the comfort in your ride. This month, purchase two Napa Quick Struts and earn a $50 prepaid Visa card. Purchase four Napa Quick Struts and you'll receive a $150 prepaid Visa card. Updating and replacing struts are important to the structure holding your tires, the brakes, and steering system. Geno's is celebrating 40 years in business, serving Colorado families in Littleton. We back up our work with Napa's nationwide 36-month, 36,000-miles peace-of-mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Enjoy a smooth ride and get either a $50 or $150 prepaid Visa card with a new strut purchase. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. That's Geno's with a J. Visit us online at genosautoservice.com.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG.
9: Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone: 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm and proud sponsor of Drive Radio.
2: Napa Know How. The friendly folks at your local Napa Auto Care Center appreciate their customers, and they like to show it. Stop by your Napa Auto Care Center today and ask for your customer loyalty card. It has a valuable offer you can use again and again. It's their way of thanking you again and again for your business and loyalty. Find your nearest store at NapaOnline.com. Napa
9: Know How.
7: We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
3: All right, Andy, I did look at the CVTs on the CRVs, 2015 and newer are all are all cbt so i think on your 2013 probably a regular transmission 60k is about where you need to be for a service on that so you're fine yeah and yeah i would still do a complete flush and fill i would not do a drop the pan and do it yeah. that way i would do a flush and fill on any of those by the way so uh, but yeah so i was only a couple of years off i just couldn't remember exactly when that was so 2015 yeah. and newer and you're up go ahead hey john how are you
9: doing good how are you Good. Okay, you know, you've got that saying, there's no such thing as a stupid question. There is not. Okay, I'm banking on that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys were talking about the tires and the air pressure. So it's a 2017 Chevy Equinox, and the low tire pressure gauge came on. It said it was down to 28. Okay. And I looked at the tire, and it said, don't fill above 40. So I put, like— What's the door sticker say? One of those— Oh, I didn't know. Look at the door sticker. You need to look at the door know there sticker. There's
3: something in the door. Sticker. Yeah, on the on okay. for everybody listening. This is a great, great question. That's why it's not yeah. dumb. On every car okay. for the last I don't know how many decades now. Yeah, uh, literally been quite some time. If you open the driver's door you'll see a kind of a it's usually yellow and white yeah. there's a sticker right on the sill yellow black and white yellow okay. black and white yeah. yep mm-hmm. it's colored is, is yeah. the point yeah and on it will be front tire pressure and rear tire pressure and some of them will even say the spare tire pressure but usually it's the same as the front or the rear but right. and they're not always the same sometimes some vehicles will run a pound or two heavier in the front versus the back so just look at the sticker and that's what it's to be set at
5: yeah that's what those sensors are calibrated to correct
3: right?
9: Okay, so then have, my question continues. So I put in, like, um, 32 PSI, and the gauge didn't change. And so I went up to 34 because it said not to exceed 40. But then the, um, the sensor didn't change. And so I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. So I tried to get a hold of somebody to look at it. They couldn't look at it. But then eventually the tire pressure gauge light came off, and it worked itself up to 30. So is there something wrong with the sensor? Or was there, like, I tried to do a reset, but I couldn't figure out how to do that either, so...
5: Did you did you set tire pressure on all four tires?
9: No, I just fixed the one that they that the gauge said needed oh. to be
5: okay. So changed. more more than likely, what happened? So the more you drove it, the that pressure came up and everything like that. The pressure came up. Okay, yep. so and then the lights went away. Check the tire pressure on all four. More than likely, the position of that sensor is not where it says it is. So if 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 it was the left front um And you put air in the left front, and it didn't change. More than likely, that tire is in a different position than where where you put the air in. So check all of them and do that. And and I believe those should reset as you're doing
3: it automatically. Yeah,
5: yeah, because automatically. That's yeah. Question. So yeah.
9: as
3: you, there's no wa- reset button on those. I don't Ooh, think it just knows right. where they are
5: exactly. And as you drive okay. it. And then they'll they'll reset they'll reset way. automatically, but a lot of times they'll reset in the shop right. when we do those. But I would check all four oh, yeah, tires. Yeah, make sure they're all set. Yes. Yeah, because more than likely you do have one low one, but it's just not in the position where it says it is. Because if the tires are rotated and they're not reset to the proper position, then that's what happens. So right. the fronts okay. might show as a rear or something like that. So yep. yeah. So that reset procedure. Yeah, would need to be done just so you know which one's which or just remember which one is.
9: All right. Well, that was great. Thank you. You're very welcome. welcome. That
3: helps. All right, Ann, thank you. All
9: right. Thanks. You're very welcome.
3: That's producer Ann who handles all of our website and everything behind the scenes. So thank you, Ann. I appreciate that very much. And by the way, that's a lesson for everybody. Yes, always go off, especially vehicles that have the sensors in them, which, again, has been around for a very long time now. You have to go off of what the door sticker itself says, not the tire. Otherwise, those sensors won't read correctly. Yeah. Okay? That's just rule of thumb on all of that now.
5: Some manufacturers will actually turn that light on, too, if they're overfilled.
3: That's correct. So not all of them, but some of them will. Some will. That's right. That's exactly right. So Dave and Parker, you're next.
10: Uh, Yeah, John. uh, uh, I've got a 13-year-old Honda Accord. And uh, lately, uh, when I was driving it, I heard a kind of a clonking from the front end as I was driving. Okay. Uh, and uh, today I, I just turned the engine off in my driveway. Uh, it wasn't moving, no engine running, and I just moved the steering wheel back and forth gently, six inches or so. And same clunk, 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 clunk. Uh, any ideas? Uh, it's a. Hundred
5: and forty thousand mile Accord. Yeah, and so you can get it to do it when you're just sitting there, not even. Um, not, yeah. No yeah. engine. Okay.
10: Running, okay. No anything.
5: Yeah. More than likely, we have you have a tie rod or a ball joint that's or combination. Tie rod, ball joint,
3: yeah. rack mount. Right. I mean, there's yeah, yeah ra- any of that. Rack and Bet, pinion bushing. Best thing um, if you've got some help and a flashlight mm-hmm. is if okay. you if you can look at those items that. Ken's just mentioning, and somebody can move the wheel back and forth, vehicle not running, because you can do this with the vehicle not even right. running, where you can even hear things a little yeah. bit better that yeah, way. Yeah, you
5: can hear it better. And make
3: right. sure the steering yeah. wheel's unlocked and have somebody do what you're talking about, and you look down there and see what's moving around.
6: Yeah. And so if you, if you get a little movement...
3: Uh, should be no movement sh- anywhere sh- other than just right. the tie yeah. rods themselves running in and out. That's all it should be. And,
5: yeah. And the tires should be on the ground
3: tires on the ground yeah right. p- yeah pre- yeah we want we want stress against everything
5: right exactly you want friction yep, yep. and okay. yeah so you, okay. yeah because yeah. everything the ball joint and the tie rod ends are like a ball and socket and you should have no uh-huh. movement okay. in that ball and socket yep. zero yeah That's and right. it could be and, inner tie rod too which would be harder to to see to, yeah yep. harder to see Good point you kind of have to even on some of the noises like that you have to feel for them also because sometimes they can be real subtle, yep. and you know, you not necessarily see the movement, especially when you're on the ground. But um, yeah, sometimes you have to feel for it too. But, like just grab, grab just it with your hand. Right? Yeah, so grab both components. Grab the you know, or just put your finger across the knuckle and the tie rod, and just as it's moving, do you feel any movement in there other than rotational? You know, as it
10: uh, okay, but, yeah. and that's while somebody is gently moving it. Right, exactly.
5: Yeah, you you don't want them to go cranking it back and forth. You just want to, you know, hear the noise and go back and back and forth and yep. when you hear the noise. So just, yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: You can't see us, but I'm in here just moving the wheel yeah, back a quarter, and forth like I'm behind the wheel.
5: Right, a quarter turn. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, you can't doesn't see help. me, but that's what I'm right, doing. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good job. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well,
3: well, thank you. Though. You're very welcome, Dave. No, appreciate the phone call. And, yeah, I wish you guys could see us yeah. sometimes. It would be a lot more fun. <laughs> and
5: we're glad we – and we're, sometimes we're glad
3: sometimes you can't. We, that's right. So. <laughs> that's right.
6: <laughs> exactly.
3: Richard, you're next. Go ahead.
6: Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, great show. Been thank you. to you guys um, Hey, I just had a quick question. Uh, my wife's got a it's a 2015 five 3 Ecotech, Okay. and um, I have been doing the EPR. And the the one question I had, and I just uh, I know what it says on the bottle, but I, I just had a question about it. So on the on the bottle it says if it's over six quarts to use two um of EPR. And my question is, so I did that. Uh, we bought it used. I did that. It seems to be running really good. Um, can I use? Is it okay to use one can just as, like, a maintenance yes. kind of dosage? I wouldn't um, use two
3: cans unless it had, like, 10 quarts or so right, capacity. Right,
6: exactly. Six quarts, I mean, that you're only you're at fine. six quarts
5: anyway, right? Yeah.
6: Or, well, 15. Is yeah. that... I think, so So it's almost eight quarts on this. It on is. The okay. And on eight this, yeah.
3: quarts, uh, yeah, probably so. a can and a half is what I would do.
5: Yeah, I mean, or... Okay. I mean, even using one can is going to You're probably
3: okay. Yeah, I mean, if you want... Would, you're not going to hurt it with a can and a half, but I wouldn't use two cans. I Yeah,
5: I would just... I would stick with one can, okay. I think.
6: Yeah, I, I kind of wondered you know, that. I yeah. hadn't ever heard you, you know, been listening to you guys forever. And Not long. too many vehicles
3: have before. more than six is why it didn't come right. up
6: very often. Exactly. Okay. And I thought, well, that's a good, good question No, that's a great ask, question. I, I, yeah, so, well, good. That's what I'm going to end up doing. I'm just okay. going to do kind of a one can every oil there change. There you are. fine.
5: And if it's, you know, if it's already low on a court, you know, and you're by fine the even. oil change,
6: yeah. then... Yeah. Don't know, top you're it black off. Leave it at that. Right, exactly. So...
3: Okay. okay. All right, guys. Well,
6: hey, thank you. I You're very you. welcome,
3: Richard. Great question, by the way. Somebody mentioned this on a text message, that they were up in Fort Collins the other day on the way back to Wyoming. I-25 northbound, there was an F-150 with a blown tire. Driver didn't have hazards on, which I don't know why you would, wouldn't. would I mean, you need to have them on. Sure. No one was getting over in the left lane to get around the truck. He was in the back trying to drop the spare. First of all, please don't do that. Please, 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 for heaven's sake. In this case, exit 288 was literally a quarter mile away. So, yes, in that case, especially, drive just drive tire. to the exit. Yeah, exactly. I don't it's care if you run the wheel. Tires trashed anything. No yeah, one cares. Exactly. Drive to the exit. Yeah, I mean, exactly. get off the road. Drive yeah. to the exit. Get out of everybody's way. You get out of the way. You avoid potentially being hurt, injured, maimed, killed. Uh, there is not a tire on this planet worth a life. Yeah. Not, not a wheel on this planet worth a life. That's right. Period, guys. Exactly. Drive to the next exit and get off and then do your business there. Do not do that on the side of the interstate where they're driving past you at 80 miles an hour. Right. Because literally it's 80 at that point. Yeah, right. Do not do that. I I just don't understand why we can't get that message out even more than we try. Drive to the next. I don't care if it's a mile away. Drive to the next exit.
5: Yeah.
3: I don't care what you ruin. Drive to the next exit. It is not worth your right. life yeah. doing that on the side of the road. Mm-mm. Period. And yet, I see it every single solid day myself. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Get off the road yeah. and then do your business on on that whatever it is. Now, if it dies, I get it. You died. You, you can't. You're on do the cell phone calling it. somebody. Right. Okay, Just I get that. That's. Di- right. But if it's a flat tire issue, get. To the next exit.
5: If it can move under its own power, do it.
3: Drive to the exit. Please, for heaven's sake, do not risk your own life in that manner. Alan Longmont, Pat, and Monument. Sorry I had to just say that from that text message because that stuff just drives me crazy. Cause we still hear and read about people dying from those situations that are one hundred percent avoidable. Yeah. That one is a great example. So guys, we'll be right back. Drive radio KLZ five sixty.
11: Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. With school carpool season upon us, we wanted to share some tips from the Car Care Council to make sure that your vehicles are kid-safe and road-ready. First, check your lights and wipers for visibility. With the shorter days and less daylight, it's critical to ensure proper visibility. Second, Get your annual brake inspection. Every year, you need to ensure that you're checking brake system components for wear and especially the brake fluid. Third, check your tires for underinflation or excessive wear. Fourth, make sure that everybody in the seat is buckled up. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website has some important tips on seatbelt fit and positioning, as well as how to install car seats for kids of all sizes. And fifth, consider a backup detection device. Consider having a backup detection device installed that provides rear view video or warning sounds when moving in reverse. Back-to-school time is a hectic time for most families, but scheduling a complete vehicle inspection is time well spent. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week.
2: Okay, your week is crazy. Your local Napa Auto Care Center understands. That's why we're open Saturdays for your convenience. Get that oil change you've been putting off way too long. Be done with those squeaky breaks that are on your last nerve. We get it. Our Napa Auto Care Center is open Saturday. When you maybe don't have soccer, dance class, a late meeting at work, you name it. Call for a Saturday appointment now. Find your store at NapaOnline.com.
3: We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass.
1: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, All right, back.
3: Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive, over here in Aurora. If you ever need anything on this east side of town, again, just go to drive-radio.com, and you can find Ken there or call him directly, which you can do by calling what number? 303-364-3391. There you go, folks. Al, let's see. No, who's now? Pat, you're next. Al, you're after that. Pat, go ahead.
12: Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call.
3: You're welcome, Pat.
12: So... I've got a 2010 Subaru, a back 2.5 liter non-turbo with a misfire, on number three cylinder, pulling a P0303 code. Cleared the codes, replaced the plugs, replaced the coil, unplugged, replaced the injector. Still getting a misfire, but only when it's warm.
5: Hmm.
12: It's fine otherwise.
5: Okay. Wasn't any oil down inside the spark plug well? did you have any you didn't have any when you changed the spark plug or the coil or anything there was no oil
12: didn't see any no
5: okay good yeah sometimes the valve covers can leak and cause them to short but yeah if that's and it only does it when it's hot huh
12: right it runs fine when it's cooler in fact it was running uh it had the misfire then drove into some rain and it stopped because everything cooled off
5: weird
3: uh, I was
12: thinking maybe a, a temperature sender, something of that could cause it. Um, I don't know. Typically. I'm, I've metal a lot. Have yeah. you,
3: and how many, I didn't ask, or maybe you didn't say, how many miles?
12: Uh, it's about 110,000.
3: Have you, just for grins when it's warm, done a compression test?
12: Uh, have not. Um, not on a compression test itself, but... Yeah. Typically, if it's going to be bad compression, though, too, isn't it going to be doing it all the time?
3: Not no. just when it's hot. Cold? No, sometimes there. We always in diagnosis even in the past, from you know years and years ago, you would do an you do a compression test, hot and cold both, to see what's changing because, th- as you know, things can change when the engine gets warm.
12: Right, right. Yeah, even and, again, I'm say not test. saying that's what it is, but it's Ooh, one right. of the parts
3: of the diagnose of the diagnosis here.
12: I had somebody tell me once wants to is possible chip valve, but again, it...
3: it yeah. It, it, I mean, that would show up in a compression test as well, but typically I typically valves don't chip. I mean, that's just not very... That what? just doesn't happen very often. But some, some of
5: these uh, do have valve adjustments that might that's need to be too. done. That's yeah, so, true, good point. And I can't remember when they went with the hydraulic lifters and, and stuff like that on the Subarus right offhand, but... I know a lot of the older ones were still, you know, like kind of, kind of like Hondas. They still had mechanical adjustments. So at 100,000 miles, it would probably be due yeah. for a valve adjustment.
3: You could be everything, Pat, from that to yeah. potentially head gasket to right. even some of the other sensors and such on the vehicle. I know it's just the one cylinder, but there's other things there that could also cause that, even vacuum leaks, things along those lines. Now, typically, if you had a vacuum leak, it would affect other cylinders as well. But right. Right. But, again, it's hard to say. It could be just that one cylinder.
12: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm getting something to go on. Uh, I've got another question, if you got time, on another Subaru. Sure. Uh, 1999 Subaru Outback. Uh, knock sensor. code coming up. Replace knock sensor. Code still comes up. Uh, check the connectors, everything. Uh I'm uh, I'm at a loss. I I thought maybe we had a bad knock sensor, so I replaced it again, and it's still pulling up a knock sensor code.
3: Hmm. On a '99, yeah. yeah, they're yep. not as sophisticated in '99 as they are today, as you know. Um, oh, thank God. And does it turn the check engine light on, or is it
5: just a, a subtle code that check,
12: check engine light, check engine
5: light is on? Oh, okay, so it's a hard code. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there again. Testing the circuit would be the the biggest thing. Back to the ECM.
3: That's when really too you have a scan tool on it and really look and see what's it reading, what's it telling the computer, and so on.
5: Because typically, what you can do with the scanner if it pulls that pit up is you can look at your knock sensor. It should typically at key on, engine off should be zero or whatever. However, they read that. And then you can just tap on it lightly with a S- screwdriver, screwdriver or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Tap on it. See if it, it's
3: making on the sensor
5: itself with it plugged in right. and and see if it does anything and see if it changes right. anything. If not, you know, likely there's a circuit issue or something like that. And step two on that would be to test it right at the sensor. You know, use your use your voltmeter on that voltmeter. I believe so. Um, use your voltmeter on the sensor and see because it's piezoelectric. Right, you know, sensor. So, uh, voltmeter, and then tap on it and see if you're actually getting something out of the sensor. So that's okay. kind, of, kind of the only thing you could do. I, AC voltage, I
12: believe, on that. All right, that sounds good. Good advice. I'd like to tell the listeners out there too. The BG products are for real. Yeah, I've been using them. Ken and Leslie was downtown in the old garage. Yep, oh, with yeah. the uh, with all the the old cars they had on the, mm-hmm. the inside there. Pretty cool stuff.
3: Yep, no, you're right. I, you, you know my history. I mean, I can remember them. I'm 59, and I can remember being around them when I was, you know, three, four years of age. It's been that
12: long, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, they, they broke off from another company. I won't say the other one, but uh, yeah, they're, I, they're really good guys, and I yep. love their product.
3: I agree. Pat, appreciate right. you. Thanks, thank you, you very much. Nope, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And let's go to Al's been holding the longest. Al, go ahead
4: yeah good morning good morning i've got a question about gasoline grade for a 49 john deere model b uh it's two cylinder 28 horsepower thing is it's been completely rebuilt ground up and it runs fine right now on 85 grade gas i'm just wondering back in the day that had leaded gas right any suggestions on what to run in that thing or is the non-ethanol going to be okay, or what do if you? you
3: think? I was just going to say I would really only run the non-ethanol in it if you can, just because the fuel system and everything else in it. If you can, yeah. which Murphys, uh, a lot of the Murphy stations have that now. So if you can do ethanol free and run that in it, I would.
4: Yeah. Okay. Any suggestions on any additive, maybe, or, or there isn't anything
3: anymore. I don't think anybody's. I don't think anything's even on the market made. All that stuff's been gone for years. That you even used to be able to add on the. You know, on the lead end of things to try to compensate. I don't think that stuff's even made anymore, Al. Yeah.
4: Okay. That's that answered my I think they've talking. made all
3: of that pretty much. It's been removed off the shelf. And I haven't used to be you could add some lead substitute, you know, at one time. I haven't seen any of those products for years. Yeah,
5: I haven't. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't either. I haven't yeah. either. With so catalytic it, converters
3: it, it, and all the other things that are out there and just what lead does, you know, environmentally speaking, I think that stuff's been gone for
4: years. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Non-ethanol. I think it's up in Murphy's here Longmont. Longwood. I think it's 87 grade.
3: That's fine. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fine. would be good. Yeah, you'll be yeah. all right.
10: All well, right. Yeah, you, you
5: could use you less much. than that.
10: Yeah,
3: you'd be yeah, fine on anything. Just ethanol-free is know, fine. <laughs> yeah.
13: Okay. All right. Very good. All Thanks, right, I appreciate
3: Al. it. No, great question, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for that. I I appreciate that. Paul, you're next. Go ahead, Paul.
13: Hey, how you guys doing? Good, yeah. sir. Hey, I I just bought a 99, oh, no, uh, 2001 F-150 four R seventy W. And it's got three hundred and five thousand miles on it. And I wanna drain the transmission. Now I know I can pull the pan you know get all oils out of there, but is would it be all right if I just started the truck up and let it pump the transmission out so I can put it fresh in it or would that mess up the torque?
3: Only if you've got new fluid going in at the same time. Otherwise yeah you'd run dry and that's not good.
13: Right. Okay. Uh um, yeah, because I know I just don't want to change it in the pan and add oil to call it good. I just I kind of want to get it all out of there. But.
3: Do you know when it was serviced last, or has it been at all?
13: I've got a bunch of paperwork on this truck. Whoever had this truck before me, man, did a heck of a job on it as far as service life, Okay, but runs good, heckling. good. But, and uh, The reason I bought this truck, I've got a 99 F-150, same identical truck almost, and it's got 400,000 miles on it, and it runs superior. I mean, I don't know why, but it does and I did that with, a, uh, with that one. I flushed it. I mean, I started up and let it just throw the oil out of it. But I did do it all the way. I mean, I still had oil, trying to pump oil when I shut it off. Do it back up with oil, and it was fine. Well, about a month later, I could just check engine light with uh like three or four different codes. I can't remember what they were. And there was metal in the bottom of the pan. And if I wound up getting another transmission, a brand new and Well, remand anyway. Sure. And just wonder if that might have caused an issue. I mean, like I said, it's about a month apart.
5: Hard to say, yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, I mean, pumping it dry, I mean, the pump is, you know, still got some lubrication on it, but it's not pumping fluid. So that's the biggest yeah. issue. So it's, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's not probably not a good thing to do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it for sure.
13: Okay, All right. i just kind of wondering. I didn't want to run it bone dry. I mean, I just right. want to, to come close to empty as I could without a, you know, running out of fluid.
5: Well, and that's the way Go the ahead. transmission flush machines work. You know, you have the fluid coming out of the transmission pushing the new fluid into back into the transmission. So it's, you know, it's one to one type thing.
3: Right.
14: So, yeah, hey, there's loss, so there's never a
5: loss.
3: there's never anything empty at that point. Right,
5: it always has hydraulic right. pressure and everything like that, so,
13: yeah. Can you backblush those? You know, like how, you know, the, no. the fluid circulates one way, can you go it the other way? No, no,
5: no, and you wouldn't want to do that anyway on something like that.
13: I, okay, I was just wondering, if yeah. uh, there was debris in there not coming out, through, you know, the way it normally goes, I figured maybe backblush push
5: it out um, <laughs> it would push it okay. it would push it right back into the pump and <laughs>
13: yeah, i can't
3: do that <laughs> cause
5: big huh. issues so yeah you wouldn't want to do that right. right yeah but no getting it flushed you know on a on a machine and you know and kind of like we've said in the past too you won't cause a problem by getting new fluid in there if you know if that thing failed a month later more than likely it was on its way out anyway but yeah if, sure if, it, it, if it goes dry i mean if, if there's any scarring already and it goes dry, it's just going to scar that much faster and, you know, cause it to fail. But, yeah, it's, you know, especially with that many miles on it. I mean, that's, if, if it's lasted that long, that's pretty darn good for the, for those transmissions,
13: yeah, too. I'd so, say I, yeah, that's true. On the 99, I think somebody's done some work with it. Now, I had that truck for about, well, 10 years, and it's never given me a problem, ever. Yeah. You know, and this one here, I just have, well, I just, as a matter of fact, got the title on the mail today. So, We'll see what happens. I mean, your brother's just as good as 99. I mean, not better. Yeah. But I have, I've had pretty good time. 1500 bucks a truck, can't beat it. <laughs> no, <laughs> there no, you no. can't
3: beat that. <laughs> not going to get hurt That's there. That's right. Yeah, no, exactly. good one.
6: No. Okay, guys. All right, Paul. I appreciate nope. It. Appreciate,
3: it. appreciate it very much. Thanks. Al, Mark, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive radio, KLC 560.
2: Napa know How. If you're new to the area, our Napa Auto Care Center would like to extend a hearty welcome. We'd like to introduce you to our top quality vehicle maintenance and repairs, nationwide warranty, and service you can trust. Stop by our Napa Auto Care Center for your special welcome kit. It has the information you need to get to know us, plus welcome specials to save you money from the very start. Visit NapaOnline.com. Napa Know How. Have you
3: ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide, Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of,
16: Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Ray's Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor show signs of settling? Even those finished basements can experience issues, but don't worry. Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. Racetech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. All
3: right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive. Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer. And Larry Unger, <coughs> excuse me, answering phones. I had a text message from Imperial, Nebraska. Today's a good radio signal day. We're coming in loud and clear. By the way, thank you guys for listening to us all the way up there. We do appreciate that. Yeah, this is Wanda, by the way. So, Wanda, thank you. In our garage and equipment shop, our son, who is on the fire department, insists that we keep the keys to all of our garaged vehicles inside the vehicle. He also works at a Chevy dealership and said this is the golden rule in their shop, along with having the window of the vehicle either cracked or down. He claims in case you have to move the vehicle out quickly, you know where the keys are. Do you shop owners have any opinions on this? In our house, we hang the keys in the same spot. I am him. Okay, So I have been raised that way my entire life, and I know a lot of people that think that I'm really weird, but no, I guess because I've grown up in the automotive world and because of things like fire and just the ease of getting things in the shop moved around if need be, the last thing we always wanted to do for sake of time and or an emergency was have to run around and find keys if you were looking for keys you're wasting time and even in the case of a fire we want to be able to hop in that vehicle and move it out quickly so i to this day in any garage i have any shop etc every single vehicle keys are in it at all times now they may not be in the ignition they may be in the cup holder or something along those lines but they are there handy ready to go at all times and yes i am a big believer in that so i am with your son
5: Windows down always.
3: Yep, we're yep. just. I'm just that way yeah. because that way, your battery goes dead. Anything. I mean, you're just able to get in the vehicle easier if something like that happens. You've got everything right there, ready to go. And no, I don't believe in bringing keys inside the house. it's just. I'm not. If somebody wants it that bad and they've broken in, you have insurance. Have at it. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you know, the chances of that, in my opinion, are are far outweigh the ease of just operation, moving things around, knowing where everything's at and so on. I'm, I'm, I mean, typically, the keys are going to be within, you know, a few steps reach anyway. So the theft side of it, you think a thief is that dumb that they're not going to look around and find keys to it and leave with it anyways. I, that is the least of my worries. I'm more of the emergency fire side than anything else. So, yes, keys are in the vehicles in my shops and in inside of my garage or whatever else it happens to be. It's just the way I was raised. So. Yeah. Mark and Wiggins, you are next. Go ahead.
10: Oh, hey. Good morning, guys. uh I was uh, listening to the battery conversations earlier, and yeah. I thought, you know, I've got a question that uh, has been in my mind for a while, and I, I've tried to do my own research, but I thought I'd just call and see what you guys' opinion is on uh, battery maintainers. I remember years ago working at a shop where, they would have a lot of the vehicles set up on on the, the trickle chargers and then the batteries would fail. And I would tell them that, you know, it's overcharging the battery and that's why it's failing. And to swap over to maintainers, they never got that through their heads or maybe it was just not uh, worth their time to listen. But anyway, so I've got a, a battery, I think it's a battery doctor, which they don't make anymore. And it's selectable between like two amps, four amps and uh, eight amps on our, one of our vehicles, um, it will not get to fully charged mode when run in two amps. So I have to kick it up to four or eight to be able to overcome, I guess the draw of all the computer systems on board. So my question is, is, um, you know, how do you really know what amp, size battery maintained charger do you need for a particular vehicle
5: typically i would say a maintainer is going to be less than one amp for a maintainer on it it sounds like you're running maybe more of a charger type of very you know two amps a very low low input where the eight amps is a lot higher uh the the battery doctor is it described as a maintainer or is it more of a, a charger
10: I have to go look at it. Um, I believe it's a charger. Okay. Um, so it goes back between, uh, bulk, um, what is it, uh, conditioning and then full. Okay. Um, you know, depending on the voltage of the, the battery itself, which on one vehicle, you know, I could put it on and, and it'll be fully charged by the next morning on two sure. amps. But the other vehicle, two amps, it can run all day, all night, right. for days on end, and never even come out of bulk. Yeah.
4: And,
3: uh, and, thought, and by the way, this, well, this well, is, well. and for everybody listening, this is where, you know, I just recommend folks go buy, in, you know, and I don't know about the Battery Doctor, but the Battery Tender, that particular brand, and the ones that I've been buying for my own use are the sort of a, a oval-shaped ones. You can typically pick them up on sale different places. They're not super expensive. They are a 5-amp, or I should say up-to-5-amp tender slash, they're not a charger per se, but they'll go to 5 if need be, but they're all computerized and automated, so if it only needs half an amp, right. it's only going to take half. If it needs the full 5, it'll use the full 5. It's doing whatever it takes to keep that battery at that 12.8 voltage all the time.
5: And it will shut off. Correct. When, if not needed. So, right. So like I mean, a it's charger. on,
3: but it's going to a non-charge mode. Right. Non-charge That's mode. right.
5: That's, that's mud Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, yeah, because a lot of times just maintaining it takes, you know, half an amp or something like Correct. that. And then, you know, kick that on for four or five hours and then click that off. And
3: just, with mine, I just, it's a deal where you I either in. put them on the battery permanently with the little you know two wire connector the little two wire uh-huh. connector I can just unplug yeah. and plug in or I use the alligator clamps depending upon what it is yeah. now what what I will say is yes some of the vehicles that have more draw you have to be careful what tender you're using maybe the best way for me to say that right cuz they, they don't all do the full 5
5: amps and, and kind of like kind of like he was saying so 2 4 and 6 or 2 4 and 8 more than likely the battery that he's on Either has enough draw on it, or there is just not little sulfation going on, or something like that in the battery itself. So, you know, just a different battery configuration or something. So,
3: Al in Lakewood, we'll try to squeeze in before we go to the news. Go ahead, Al. Hi, uh,
14: yeah, I talked to Al, a fellow Al, about his John Deere tractor. His concern about uh, you know the ethanol in fuel. I have a '59 Bug, and I've had it for almost 30 years. Uh, original motor, nice. original valves. Nice. Calling. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's an easy little car for me to keep keep uh, and maintain. But anyway, uh, I've been using over the years a lead substitute called Motor Medic, and it's. I was looking at the ingredients on this, John. The number one ingredient content is diesel fuel. Oh wow! Number two, <laughs> number two is kerosene, and number three is petroleum D- naptha. N- so
3: I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't
5: I yeah. mention kerosene? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> diesel, there you, there, yeah.
14: There you go. There you go guys. But, Funny. You know, you can still you can still pick it up at the uh auto parts store here and it's made by a, a Texas company called motormedic motormedic, oh, Motor Okay. Oh, good to know.
3: Or throw a little diesel in. Yeah, throw a, a, good. Diesel, kerosene yeah. and some naphtha. Yeah. yeah. And
14: a little bit of diesel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's funny.
3: A lot, guys. No, you're very welcome. Well, Al. G- good answer. Somebody called in or texted in also on the Subaru we had earlier with the misfire. Uh, those also, and I forgot about this. Those have also been known to drop the valve guide down, which could also cause a problem and only be happening when it's hot, hot versus it cold. Sense. So that's yeah. another answer for you. So yeah, on that Subaru, just more diagnosis is needed to really determine where you're right. at.
5: And and just because it's a heat problem, I would think you know valve train everything else is right is there, there so there you go yeah
3: conrad hang tight we'll get to you as soon as we come back on your epr lines are open 303-477-5600 has some text messages as well i'll try to get to those when we come back as well drive radio klz 560
2: still haven't had enough go to drive-radio.com email your questions and comments download previous programs and find lots of useful information including your nearest colorado select auto care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of
1: Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.